I don't know where you are in life right now or where it is you want to go. But if you are a curious soul like me, I know this about you. You are searching for greatness in life. You desire financial freedom. And you ask yourself daily how you can master success in business without wasting years of your life. On this show, we are going to interview all the leading experts and influencers in the fields of marketing, mindset, and sales to expose all the tips and tricks you need to accelerate your business and amplify your success. My name is Reem Kharbat, and this is the Entrepreneur Accelerator. everyone and welcome back to the Entrepreneur Accelerator podcast. This is Reem and I'm super excited today to have my uh, guest Justin Goodbread. He's the owner of FinanciallySimple.com. He's a nationally recognized financial planner, financial educator, wealth manager, author, speaker and an entrepreneur. He has amazing certificates and let me just read some of them. Uh, He's a certified financial planner. He's a certified exit planner advisor. He's a certified value growth advisor with over 20 years of experience starting buying, owning and selling businesses. He is a two-time winner of the Investopedia Top 100 Advisor Award and Exit Planning Institute Exit Planner Leader of the Year. Recently, Justin published his first book, The Ultimate Sale. In it, he shows business owners how to create long-term value and accelerate growth in their company with the ultimate goal of selling and uh, of selling the business for top dollar. Uh, when the owner wants to retire. Welcome, Justin. I'm super happy to have you here in the Entrepreneur Accelerator. Thanks, Reem. Glad to be here. Uh, pleasure. Uh, you know, I don't know how COVID-19 is, <laughs> is going on with you. How is it over there? Um, you know, we're in East Tennessee, and surprisingly, East Tennessee has been rather, um, rather light. It's not been like we have an office in Boston, Massachusetts, and that office is... Um, it's a little bit more hammered up there in New England where the population density is. And then we have an yeah. office in Philadelphia at Pennsylvania here in the States, and they've even dealt with it. But here in East Tennessee, we're getting back to normal a little bit, There's, and we're mm. ready for it. You know, We're tired of sitting inside, listening to this kid scream all the time, and mm. ready for, for life as normal again. You're lucky, by the way. I've been in the lockdown for over three months now, and I think it's becoming like the new norm. I like it so far. I feel there are more business coming, to be honest, and it depends on how you perceive things. If you're having this growth and opportunity mindset, then I believe that you will be doing really, really well uh, with your business. So, um, I've seen that you have an amazing certificate. By the way, I'm a CPA, and I know that you don't like CPAs. <laughs> Actually, you no, think- I love CPAs. I love CPAs. I like CPAs who think in a, in a forward for progress. In fact, I actually wrote about that in my book, that on your dream team for your business owners, you need to have a good CPA who Absolutely. knows how to not just do tax compliance. I, I get so tired of CPAs who just say, give me your information and let me put it onto a form. I mean, a robot can do that. I need a CPA 
that works with our business owners who is looking at not only where they are today and where they, but more importantly, plan for their future, help design some tax planning for the future. You know, if, if we look, if we're driving constantly looking in a rearview mirror down the road mm-hmm. in a car, you're not going to see where you're going. And so the CPA profession, so many of them have, have dove into this idea. We're just going to fill out tax returns. And that's such a shame for the profession. So I love them. In fact, you need to have one. Absolutely. You know, I just finished before even jumping into the show. I I just finished a live on my Facebook page and I was talking about this exact thing. So I got uh, the CPA uh, um, professional certificate 20 years ago. And uh, the main reason is that I wanted to come back and become a CFO and I managed to become a CFO. But now as an entrepreneur myself, having the financial knowledge and the, the way how CPAs think, it, as you said, it helped me plan and, and run my business uh, smoothly. And I, in the live video that I was doing, I was talking about exactly the same thing, two things that you have to have in your business, a good CPA or a CFO or whatever you want to call it, and a legal person. But most importantly, your certificates, uh, uh, honestly, like, it's amazing. Think having uh, financial planning, exit planning, value growth, like you're covering all the areas on how to take the small business from here to up there. I wish people can see us uh, on, on the video, but you're taking businesses to basically start, scale, grow and scale and sell with high profit. Can you tell us a little bit about what you exactly do for those who don't understand this? Yeah, so we have to start off with a statistic which bothers me. In the United States, there are roughly 5.6 million small businesses, businesses who make less than $5 million a year revenue, and they employ almost half of the population. So that's an amazing statistic. But out of those 5.6 million businesses that produce less than $5 million in revenue, about 80% of them will never sell. That means a business owner whose number one asset is their business. So we do as a CPA, you would know this. If you look at their balance sheet or the net worth, the net worth statements, their business is often the largest asset they have. Means that their largest asset as a business owner, they never actually have a liquidity event. They never move it from this machine that they're having to work at 80, 90 hours a weekend to actually having cash to be able to reach their retirement or watch their kids step into the business, et cetera. So, Um, I've already started and sold three businesses for a profit. I work with hundreds Mm -hmm. of business owners nationally. I know what it's like to go through the selling process. I currently own three businesses and we'll probably start another one here soon because I love business. So I I had this idea years ago. There's got to be a way where the world of finance can basically tell Wall Street to go jump in a river. We don't need Wall Street. We need somebody to be able to show us how to grow our business and position it to where one day whenever we do desire to exit the business, whatever reason, we're prepared to do that. So the process we walk through with with business owners is we start off of where are they at today? How is their personal finances today? And how are their business finances today? The personal have to start first because so many business owners, myself included, we focus on our business so much that we forsake our personal finances. And now when we get out to that retirement age or that selling age, we need an unbelievable number to retire that had we been saving outside of our business the entire time, we would be so much better. So we start with our personal finances, knowing what our net worth is today, and we know where our goal is. And so if I know where I want to be, what I want to 
ultimately accomplish in life if I want to sell my business or move it to my kids or move it to my employees or maybe uh, sell it to private equity or ASOP or whatever it is, whichever way I want to go, I then know what exactly I have to do. We call that a wealth gap or a value gap between where I'm at and where I need to be. And so once you know where you're at, your starting point, and you're and close enough where you want to be, your ending point, then everything else is academic. It's a matter of then yeah. positioning the business to grow or to move to that point to where you're ultimately going to sell. So that's the process we walk hundreds of clients nationally through. Love it. Absolutely. You know, I was just reading also uh, on your website and you were talking about that, how like just 20% of, of uh, small businesses they sell or they're ready to, to sell. But most of the business owners also, or let's say people who have an idea, they think of their business as their baby and they find it extremely difficult to sell or to uh, hand it over to someone else. And what do you think about that? Like, is should you treat your business as your baby? Because a lot of people say that term, my, this business is my baby. Yeah, so my second book is coming out and it actually has that, ta- that, that in the title, the baby title. I can't give it away oh, because well. I'm not allowed mm-hmm. to because of the publishers, but it has the baby in there. So when I was growing up, my dad, told me one time, he said, son, man, my dad was an old country boy down in South Georgia in the States. He said, son, you never tell a woman that their baby is ugly. You never do that. Be prepared to duck because they're going to smack True. the fire out of you say their baby is ugly. And then lo and behold, my little girl came along who's beautiful today and she looked like a wet rat when she was born. And I was like, that's an ugly baby. And my wife ended up hitting me because I said the baby's ugly. So I didn't learn my lesson with my father. But you're right. We business owners, you know, we're the, we're the type of individuals who will work 80 hours a week for ourselves to keep from having to work 40 hours for somebody else. That's who we are. We have this passion that we're going to build something out of nothing, especially entrepreneurs, to solve a problem, reach a personal mile mark, whatever it may be, whatever this burning passion is. And it's so easy for us to identify ourselves as our business. In fact, that's mm. one of the very that's one of the big challenges that whenever people go to sell that they have a, a major psychology problem, a psychological problem is their identity is their business. You say, well, what is it that you do? And if someone asks me that, I say, well, I love to hunt, fish, and garden. I play the piano. I play the saxophone. I have a family. Yeah. We like to get on the lake. I have a business. We have da, 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 da. It's, So it's not, hey, Justin Gibbray owns Financial Simple and three other businesses. That's not who I am. It's part of who I am. So many business owners, we, we get so emotionally involved in this machine we call our mm-hmm. business, candidly because we're required to, that it becomes our identity. And so the dangers with that is, is yet when it comes time to sell, you think your business is worth more than somebody else does. When the buyer comes in to buy it, they're going to poke holes all through it. They're going to bring every skeleton out of the closet and you're going to be offended. And you're probably going to end up walking away as so many people do during that selling process from the, from the greatest possible buyer that you ever have. So I get it. I live it. It is my baby. Don't call it ugly. Right. (laughs) <laughs> but it's the reality is at some point we're going to walk away from this business. And so the sooner we can identify ourselves as the person outside the business, he or she, then the better we'll be prepared for that actual sale. But let me tell you again, there are people who say that I want this business. I'm creating business, this business to leave a legacy or to I have it for my, you know, for my children, my grandchildren, Uh, why do you think, because the other day also I was discussing this with um, my friend, he's a financial advisor, and he was telling me that when he starts a business, he already has the exit plan ready. And most of the people or the entrepreneurs that I've met, they don't have this mentality in mind. They don't know that I have to start with an exit plan. How can I start with an exit plan? 
uh, and I, I today, um, my friend, she was telling me she, she was writing a book like you, and she was saying that before you start writing a book, you need to know the ending of the book. So the whole mentality of exiting a business, we most of the people they don't have it. So you help people uh, with their exit planning. How how do you deal with that? So it's not that dissimilar from planning a vacation. Okay, mm. so geographically, I live in East Tennessee, which is in the southeast of the United States. If I were going to travel across the states to, let's say, let's say to Washington, Washington State, which is in the northwest side of the state, that I typically are going to know where I'm going. I'm probably going to know if I'm going to drive, ride a train, swim across the, swim through the Panama Canal, come around the West Coast and deal with all the sharks out there, fly up, you know, whatever I'm going to do, I know how I'm going to get there. I typically know when I'm going to arrive there. I typically know what I'm going to do when I get to my destination on the vacation. That's not mm. uncommon. So if we, if we liken business to a destination or to a vacation, I know it's by no means vacation. It's a lot of hard work. But if we liken it to that idea, what happens is, Reem, is this. The average business owner starts off with, I call it the American dream or the entrepreneurial dream to where we love to do something. So my first business was a landscaping business and I had this desire to grow a purple daylily. My, my degree is actually horticulture. I love to grow plants. I have a garden. I love to do that. Mm. I had this passion to grow a daylily. Before you knew it, I was babysitting a bunch of people. Before you knew it, I wasn't growing my day, Lily. I was making a lot of money, but I wasn't doing what I found myself ultimately want to do in business. And so many business owners, we start off with this trade or this skill set or this desire in a particular profession. And before you know it, we find out that we're really good at our profession, but we're not really good at business. So whenever mm -hmm. the client, whenever someone identifies that, typically they'll come, they'll say, hey, Justin, or someone on our team, they'll say, look, we have this business. It's worth X. We want to be, we want it to be worth Y. And here's the reason. So it may be we want to pass it on to our kids. We want to move it to employees. We want to sell it to a venture capitalist. We'll move it to a hedge fund. Whatever the reason is, they have an idea in their head of what it is. It may be to create a legacy. I want to change yeah. a legacy. I want to, I want to be, you know, name a company out there, um, the Chick-fil-A's of the world. I want to create Stuart Cathy or the Popeye's. I'm thinking of food right now because I'm getting hungry. Yeah. Um, so we're thinking of, <laughs> of all these different legacies, right? Whatever it is, you have to know where you're going. You know, on Alice in Wonderland, it's an old cartoon commercial, a cartoon or yeah. uh, animation from the, I guess, late 50s or whatever. The rabbit, Chester Rabbits, asked Alice, he said, where are you going? She said, I don't have a clue. And he said, well, in that case, any direction is fine. You'll reach your destination. Wow. And what? And I, I just paraphrased that and butchered it severely. But that's what the, that little episode shows. So, so many business owners, what we're doing is we're running from fire to fire to fire all day long without putting a plan together saying, this year we're going to accomplish these 27 or these nine items this year. Next year, we're going to accomplish these nine items. What ultimately happens, Reem, is you got to have somebody, a coach, who comes alongside of you, who has an idea of where you're headed. It helps you identify what's that future look like. Say, settle you down as a business owner long enough to let you think through your destiny, ultimately what you want to have accomplished. Whenever you can pause and say, you know what, instead of going to Washington State, I'd love to go to Saudi Arabia where Reem is. I'd love to go see the Middle East. I'd love to go to Dubai. I'd love to see those things. If you can pause yourself and figure out where you're located, where you're headed, then like I said before, it's all academic. But you're mm -hmm. going to have to have somebody that you know and you trust who you respect their opinion, because whenever you start down this path of here's where I'm at and there's where I want to be, the path gets lonely very fast. When, you, when you're trying to manipulate change in your business for the point of selling, 
it becomes a very lonely proposition. And you're going to have to have, like so many other players in the world, whether it be a, an athlete or a business person, you're going to have to have a coach by your side that can encourage you, that can kick you in the tail sometimes and say, get off your butt, let's go, that's going to hold you on the straight and narrow. Now, whether that's a, an accountant, attorney, someone like in my world, whoever it may be, you're going to need somebody that you can hold accountable that you have a mad respect for. So, Justin, do you work with small business owners like CEOs, for example, like solopreneurs, or do you work with individuals or with corporates? Who do you help exactly? Yeah, my favorite clients are those in the service industry. Um, they're typically entrepreneurial doctors. They may have like, um, we have clients I'm meeting with in a few seconds. They have an auto repair shop. They fix cars. They provide mm -hmm. a service to somebody, right? Yeah. Whether yeah. it's hands-on service and not knowledge service. They're not in retail. They're not selling a widget like a, like a water bottle. They're not doing that. They're, mm -hmm. not, mm -hmm. they're not manufacturing things, right? Like a manufacturing facility. That's mm -hmm. not where I, we like to work. So we typically work with small business owners who have employees. They typically range between five to 50 employees. Mm. They're all across they're all across the uh, United States. We haven't worked with anybody internationally at this point yet. Yeah. I'm not saying we won't, um, but we, we, we patriotize some business into the States from like uh, Moldova and various other places. But um, we like to work with small business owners and they typically will be a single business owner or a partnership. It's hard to kind of wrangle a partnership that has five or six or seven shareholders, that's a hard one to wrangle on mm -hmm. with that size business because everybody has their own opinion and you can't ever get anything done. So I would say service industry, typically, typically less than 50 employees, um, business owners here in the States that ultimately want to make a change. Maybe mm -hmm. they don't want to sell right now. I think about my business, I'm positioning it for selling now because good uh, exit planning is just good business. And if I can mm -hmm. position my business where it's attractive to somebody, then if somebody comes along today or tomorrow with an unsolicited offer, I may take it. I may be prepared because I've built my business. So we're looking for that long-term relationship with individuals to just show them how to double their net worth every three to five years. It can be done. It can be done if you do your business right um, and build a long-term uh, long-term um, relationships so that we can help them accomplish their goals. Love it. Um, by the way, I have a question. I was like thinking about it for, um, so for example, if I want to start my, um, I want to start my business, I want to grow it and I want to sell it. Do I, do I treat the, my business in a different way? Uh, just because I have that goal in mind by the end that I want to sell it. Do I do anything differently than just running my business to profit like day to day and, and so on? Is there like something that I do differently because I have in mind that I will sell it? Yes, the, absolutely. Reem. Great question. Love that question. I wish more people would ask me that question, but candidly. There's two types of businesses. You have one that's called a lifestyle business. That's what I term it. And that's where you're running your business day to day. You're getting your paycheck. You're making a lot of money out of the business. And sometime in the future, if it sells, it sells. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You're just enjoying life. It's a lifestyle business. That's a different process. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're like me and you want to build a business that not only can you have a decent income, but you can also build a, a legacy for your children or for your employees, for your team members, or maybe position it to sell, then you're going to run a different position. Um, in the United States, we have this restaurant that now is globally called McDonald's. Okay, McDonald's, yeah. the Golden Arches. We all know about it globally. The McDonald's Corporation is amazing because it's able to teach 16-year-olds how to cook French fries without burning down the restaurant. True. I know if I let 12-year-olds try to cook French fries, oftentimes the hot grease are going to have a fire. 
McDonald's has built a system in such a way where nas- globally young people can go in and cook the exact same French fries, whether it's in Knoxville, Tennessee, or Saudi Arabia, or Japan, wherever you may sure. be, it's the exact same French fry because it's a system. So if we're building a business to sell, the most valuable business is one that is not dependent on the business owner. Because if the business is dependent on the business owner, let's say my top sales, my top clients only work with me. I have to do the sales. I have to do the marketing. I have to do the payroll. If I'm the central, what I say, the epicenter of the business. So if I'm looking at the circle, if I'm right in the middle and everything's got to go by me, then I don't have a business. I have a glorified job that I just happen to have a lot of risk in. But if I have a business that I've developed and I designed it to where I can go away for three, four, five weeks and the business grows during that time period, not mm-hmm. stagnates, not maintains, but grows during that time period. Now I have an asset. Now I have an asset that we can calculate ROI. Now I have an asset, return on investment for those who don't are familiar with that. Yeah. Now I have an asset that I can value as an investor would value. And then I can look at my strategic plan, my strategic investors, my alliance investors, my hedge funds, my employees, et cetera. And everybody could say, you know what? This business is not relying upon the owner. So if you're going to a lifestyle business, there's a whole different process on how to get profitable, how to get efficient, et cetera, and create more capacity and more throughput. If you're going to create a business to sell, then you're truly creating a business, meaning it's an asset that you can provide rental, I'm sorry, you can provide income from, just like a piece of rental real estate, without you having to be there. That's a business. And so you absolutely have to approach it differently. Mm, love it, love it, love it. Uh, you know, with the COVID-19 and the pandemic and just, you know, working from home and some of the businesses are even shut down, uh, they either have to pivot or to shift or even to convert the whole thing. Uh, there's there's a, a post or a, a, an article that you have written in your website and you were talking about an essential techniques to restart your business or even that are like... Uh, um, there are 10 keys to proactively reopen your business after a shutdown. Can you give us at least three tips on how can we manage to reopen, to get back to business, whether after, should I wait after the shutdown literally like, or can I just now immediately pivot and, and do something? Yeah. So I can't remember all 10 points. It's been a couple of weeks since I wrote that. So I have mm-hmm. to apologize for not remembering exactly, but here's what I, here's what I look like. Here's what, how I approached COVID when it happened. Okay. Very similar to what you spoke about earlier, Raymond, in our conversation here, whenever the pandemic swept across our globe and fear set in, I, I believe that with any time that people are fearful, there is an unbelievable opportunity. I believe when people are greedy, there's an unbelievable opportunity. Whenever Mm -hmm. you see the extremes, whenever that fear set in, I looked at it as this is an opportunity for our clients, the clients that we have the honor and privilege of serving, to relaunch, reposition, reformat their business. It's a great quote excuse in air quotes if I'm doing this on YouTube, right? Air quotes. So what we did is, is we had clients look at what did they love about their business in January 2020 or December 2019, and what did they hate about their business? You know, we would call it a SWOT analysis, a strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, mm-hmm, and threats mm-hmm. assessment. It's very common. We, we would have them do a SWOT analysis, and we would take those things, and during the shutdown, because we had parts of our country which has, are still shut down now for almost three yeah. months, and we have parts of the country which are now back open in less than two months' time, right? So mm-hmm. during that shutdown, we spent a lot of time 
recrafting the business plan, re resetting the course, almost like you're restructuring a boat as it goes across the Atlantic, right? You're, you're repositioning your roadmap through our business plan. So if you find yourself right now and you're a business owner, you're like, man, Justin, I'm sitting here stuck at home right now. I can't do what I want to do. If that's you, then take a moment, pause. What is it you liked about your business? What is your, as I also say, I think Dan Sullivan, a business coach said, your highest and best use energy. What mm -hmm. is it that you just love to do that makes you get out of bed at like 4 a.m. in the morning and you charge hell with a water pistol? What is that one thing? Mm -hmm. And if you can identify that one thing, then look at all the things you don't like. And now let's start designing a business plan to where you can offset yourself. So I remember back whenever I started the company, I love to talk. I love to teach people. I don't like doing paperwork. If I had to do paperwork, yes. I'd stick a fork in my eye. I just don't like it, right? So I had to hire somebody who was opposite of my personality set to do the paperwork. Mm -hmm. And then, you know what? I'm really introverted. So I had to hire somebody who was an extrovert. And you know what? I really, really, really like tax law. I love reading the IRS Internal Revenue Code here in the United States. I don't like insurance. So I had to find somebody who could deal with insurance. So yeah. I found the things that I'm good at. And I, I hired out the people that, that were good in other areas. So the first thing I would say is do your business plan. Identify your strengths and weaknesses. The second thing I would say to do is do a belt tightening. Tighten your belt. You know, after Thanksgiving dinner here in the States, we eat a lot of food, whether it's the holidays, and we get really, get really punchy really fast. What you want to do is you want to tighten your belt so now you can feel how how much wasted expenses that you have in your business. Now's the time to get lean and mean. If you haven't done that already, I challenge you to tighten your belt in your business, get lean and mean. Then you're going to look at this particular point, depending on where you're at globally. Here in the States, we have about a 40 million people unemployed right now. 40 mm -hmm. million. That's amazing. You have business owners for the first time reporting unemployment. You have the employees who are unemployed at this point. So that's an amazing number. It's very sad that it happened so quickly. And I can't imagine my heart goes out to these families who are experiencing this. But as a business owner, we have an unbelievable opportunity right now. And that is to build the best dynamic team of people around you. If mm. you have weak links on your employees right now, replace them. Find those superstars whenever you have a major unemployment pool to position your business that when you come out of this mess that we're in, you're ready to go. I mean, it's almost like an old slingshot. When you pull it back, the further you can pull it back, the faster the rock will come out of when you go to let it go. Same thing in your business. Right now, it's all about getting your business ready to boom, jump out of the starting blocks if you're a runner. That's what we're challenging people to do. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much. That's really, really awesome. Brilliant. Um, uh, the theme of my show, just to wrap up this episode, uh, we're talking about the Entrepreneur Accelerator, how to help entrepreneurs, small business owners to amplify and accelerate their business success. If you can ju just give us one small tip, in your opinion, what is the number one tip that small business owners can do right now immediately to accelerate and grow their business? You have to just you have to just, uh, to dissect your business into eight eight number eight key areas. You mm -hmm. have to. So whenever you do evaluation, whenever I value a company, I have two hundred fifty six points of measurement behind the scenes that I can give a value to, and you can break those two hundred fifty six points down into eight key areas. Let me go through these eight key areas and I'll explain what, what they are. Yeah. The first one is planning. Are you good at planning through your business? Leadership. How's your leadership leadership capabilities? Sales, who, what's the sales process? Marketing, how are you getting people to your front door? People, how strong is your team? People by teams, mm -hmm. you got to mm -hmm. have a rock star team. Operations, how fast can you get 
client through your funnel, through your processes, yes. so your yes. operations, finance. You've got to have a rock star CFO, CPA, somebody on your team that can deal with you on the finance, and legal. Legal, you got to protect yourself from the what ifs, right? So you have eight key areas. So the first thing I'm going to tell you to do is just draw a circle, cut it into eight slices of a pizza pie. I love pizza, right? So put eight <laughs> slices on there, okay? Look at your business through your lens and decide which area you're strongest in and which area you're weakest in. Once you know your strengths and label them, one being the strength, eight being the weakest, eight, one being the strongest, eight being the weakest. The minute that you identify your weakest areas around there, structure yourself to where you can come out, I'm sorry, structure yourself to where you can grow that weakest area. We call this strategic planning. We actually have a course on our website called Financially Simple, that strategic plan where you can walk through that process to come up with 27 action items that'll walk you through those eight areas. So if I'm talking to any business owner, anyone out there, it doesn't matter the business, retail, manufacturing, service industry, dissect your business into eight key areas, start focusing on building that, that weakest link up. As soon as you build that weakest link up, you're going to create another weak link and you just keep, you keep knocking them down one at a time. Awesome. Thank you so much. Justin, if people want to get to know more about you or follow you and, and get to know more about your services, where can they find you? Yeah, so financiallysimple.com is our blog. Financially, I always say .com because it shows my age. Financially Simple <laughs> is our blog, but we also have a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever. We've got 300, almost 300 episodes. It's us teaching business in detail at, I mean, high, heady academic levels. You can go to our YouTube channel. We have, you know, 60,000, 70,000 downloads a uh, week right now, I think it is, on the YouTube right. channel. I mean, so there's a lot of content. Financiallysimple.com is where you can go. You can find the book out on Amazon, uh, The Ultimate Sale, which we talk about how do you grow your business to sell it, right? That's mm. the idea for us. So you're welcome to check out any of those things out there. Awesome. Justin Goodbread, thank you so much for being here on the Entrepreneur Accelerator. Um, I hope to speak to you one more time soon and be safe. Thanks for listening. If you liked today's episode, would you please take a minute to rate and review my show? That would mean the world to me. And let me know if you have any questions in mind or something that you're struggling with so I can cover in future episodes. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out. Let's accelerate your success together. And remember, success is not an accident. Success is a choice. See you next time.